All right, so Erev Tov, everyone. Welcome back to News Man of Learning. Um, in, uh, in Israel, it's already one parsha ahead, but uh, we're on Parshat Kedoshim. So uh, I'll share with you a, a chidush, which um, I started working on for last week when I was there in Eretz Israel, reading Parshat Kedoshim. Uh, there's something very interesting uh, with a certain Kabbalistic twist in what I want to share with you um, this evening here. So let me, um, have you got, uh, have you guys got a chumash in front of you? Um, try and see if I can maybe share a screen with you. Let's see if I get it up there. Chumash with Rashi? Yeah, actually, I need a micro outkid a lot. So I really need an orachayim. But if you don't have it, I'm just going to quickly um, get it up here for myself. Um, just photocopied a, a thing, and then I can try and see if I can share the screen. Did you say Orachai? Yeah, yeah. Um, but give me a second. I think I can. Uh... Ah, Reba. Is it on Allah? Can you see the screen, the Orachaim? No, I can just see you. Uh huh. That's not good. Now we yes. can. Good. Jeez, look at that. That's happening. It's happening. There's some progress. Okay. So, um, all right. So let's have a look at uh, this interesting Chidush. Uh, on this, uh, on this um, well-known pasuk, so the parsha starts off uh, by Daber Hashem al Moshe Lemor, and then there's a then the pasuk starts Daber al Koladat Bnei Israel v'Matalehem Kedoshim to you speak to Am Israel entire congregation of Am Israel and uh, tell them instruct them command them with regard to be to living a holy lifestyle Kedoshim to you Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokeichem Okay. It's a cryptic pasuk in and of itself, but it's not the focus of uh, our remarks this evening. So the pasuk continues. Okay. Uh, this is the pasuk I want to I want to spend some time on. A person is commanded in the mitzvah of kibud omora avaim. And it's and it's juxtaposed in the same pasuk to the mitzvah of and my Shabbatot need to be um, guarded by you as well. Now, this particular pasuk brings these two concepts together. And we know famously, um, we know famously the Gemara that, that talks about this particular um juxtaposition. Uh, Rashi brings it. I'm sort of highlighting it on my screen. Um, there you see Rashi brings his Gemara from Bab Av. The Torah juxtaposed the concept of Shmirat Shabbat to the mitzvah of revering uh, our parents. Lomar Even though I've given you a mitzvah which I am, which, which, um, which is incumbent upon you to, to listen to your parents. But if your parents tell you to violate an Avera, to, uh, in, this, in the Pasuk is represented as Shabbos, don't listen to your father who instructs you to violate the din of the Torah. And this applies to all mitzvot as well. And the Gemara basically tells us that uh, the reason that the, when these two mitzvahs collide, mitzvah to revere and listen to what your parents tell you on the one hand, and if they tell you to violate Hashem's mitzvah, don't listen to them on the other, is because both uh, you as the child and your parents are uh, commanded or mandated in, uh, the com in, in the compliance of Aloha. And therefore, Akosh Baruch Hu's tzivui um, overrides uh, this mitzvah of, uh, of Kibbut Avayim. Okay, so that's the basic pasuk that we look at, and this is the famous way we are taught to interpret this particular pasuk. 
what I want to share with you is a, a deeper level, a, a deeper dimension of interpretation of how this pasuk um, needs to be needs to be understood. And so this is a, this is a uh, an interpretation that we're going to find uh, in the in the writings of uh, you know of the of the Orachayim. So let's see if I can just pick it up here on the page. Um, let's see. Here we go. Okay. So you can see my screen. And then, you know, if you're following in your own Mikrotkulot, page shin tzadivav or achayim right down bottom of the left hand column. So yeah, the orachayim is going to interpret this pasuk in a uh, using using principles in Kabbalah, and it's fascinating to see how this interpretation, you know, literally switches the lights on uh, on a different level with regard to the juxtaposition of kibbutz avaim and uh, and shmirat shabbat. So he says over as follows. He says, "Venire al derech mash amru b'sefer hazohar." Based on a principle that the Zohar teaches, uh, we find we find the following: Yishabtotai yimros lelaila uleyom. Now, what he's sort of driving at over here is that when the pasuk communicates this din of keeping Shabbos even in the face of a tzivui, not to do so by one's parents, the, sh- the, the, the noun Shabbos is in the plural. You know, and my Shabbatot, in plural, tirau. And the question, of course, is why, you know, what's in this? What's in this directive? Why is the, the, the Lashon of Shabbat as a, not in the singular, um, but it's in the plural? And so, the Zohar introduces this concept that really the, the idea of Shabbos, what's behind Shabbos, is actually a double component to the actual concept of, of, of Shabbat. There's Friday night and there's Shabbos by day. And they are both, they, they're different. They're different, but they come together. And a, and a person is, is obligated to, to keep both components, both aspects of Shabbos. Now, what does this mean that there's Shabbos Friday night? How do we understand that? And Shabbos Bayom. So the, the Orachim quotes um, from the Zohar. This is the Zohar's uh, expression. Da Shabta Umali Shabta. There's Shabbos um, and there's Shabbos during the day and Shabbos during during the night. So you have to say, so what, what is unique about the aspects of Shabbos when we refer to them as the night of Shabbos and the day of Shabbos? So the, the Orachim continues. Basically, to translate that over there, and that is as follows, that, um, that in a way, almost, you, could, you can differentiate the different levels or dimensions of of Shabbat, and that is that Shabbat, in a way, is has got a, a male component and a female component, a chatan component and a kala component. And when we look at the way that the Torah Shabbat looks at the actual text of Torah, so Parashat Yitro has Zachoret Yom Shabbat and as is well known, Parashat Beit Hanan Shamor. Zachor and Shamor are, are two aspects of two dimensions of Shabbat. And, and yeah, this kind of yin and yang within the world of Shabbos um, ultimately needs to, both of them need to be 
be sanctified and revered in order to experience the full holiness of, of Shabbat. And so what's interesting is, is that when the Zohar talks about the unique dimensions of the Kedusha of Shabbos, this is what the Arizal uses to punctuate his Zmira that he composed for, for Friday night. Now, we once mentioned this, but I, I don't know if you have a, a, a sidur in front of you. I should have, um, I should have taken a, a screenshot of this too. But basically, um, if you have a look, if you have a look uh, at this, uh, if you've got a Zmirot book in front of you or a, or a Siddur, um, basically there are three poems that, that, that Arizal wrote uh, in honor of Shabbos. His own Zmirot or poems, you know, for, for Shabbat. Um, and when you, when, when you look at them, so Friday night starts Azamer Bishvachin. You know, there's, a, there's actually a, an introduction at Kinusu Data, Demahemenuta, Shleimata. You know, that, so that's kind of like a, there's a preface to each of the songs. Um, and, and, the, and, and, the, and the message behind it is, is that at Kinusu Data, Amisrael are called to prepare a Suda. And we say we'll, we'll fix a Suda, um, which, is, which is infused with. Um, the Mahemunuta Shleimata with a with a with a Emuna Shleima with a with a with a full faith, so it's a, a meal of faith, um, and that meal will testify to Akosh Baruch Hu being uh, that Akosh Baruch Hu created the world, and this this uh, meal you know brings Chedvata the Malka Kadisha, it brings a, a lot of joy so to speak to uh, to Akosh Baruch Hu. Um, this is, the, this is the preface to the actual poem that he wrote about the Friday night meal. Um, and, and in the Friday night section, so the Arizal refers to the meal as Dahi Sudata Dachakal Tapuchin Kadishin. It's a kind of a real cryptic phrase, but you've got here, this meal is called Sadeh uh, or Sadeh, a field. Tapuchim Kadishim. It's uh, it's like the 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 holy field of apples. That's the actual uh, that's the phrase of it. But what it really means is um, a certain Gilu Shechina. Um, it's it's a manifestation of Akosh Baruch Shechina, um, which is the female component of Akosh Baruch Shechina. Uh, female being that that unique strength of of cultivation. Uh, the male initiates and the female side cultivates. And so the Kedusha of Shabbos at this point in time is, um, is, is a Kedusha which, which is, this is the component that's being emphasized here on Friday night, the Kala component, you know, of, uh, of, of Shabbos. Uh, and this is what it means over here, we just read it, that um, it's the it's the female component of uh, of Shabbos. This is this is Friday night, and parallel to this is Shamoret Yom Shabbat Is the concept of cultivating. You know, it's not initiating. It's like pre, it's preserving. It's not breaking Shabbos. You you are you are asur to do melacha on Shabbat, thereby creating kedusha, creating kedusha. This is the this is the nature of the. Of the kedusha that this meal is uh, infused with, this is uh, this is the start. So when you when you look at the the preface and the poem itself, it's all difficult Aramaic um, words, and it's all based on 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 the Zohar. So when you get a chance to look at it uh, tomorrow night, you just just uh, spend a few moments on it. So just to again punctuate a little bit of the history of the Arizal. So we all know well that the Arizal's impact on on, on Talmud Torah, on Yiddishkeit is uh, almost unparalleled. And yet so little is actually known about what he did, how he did it. I mean, he was only in Tzfat, he was only in Tzfat, you know, for two years, basically. He died at a very young age of 38 years old. Um, if I remember correctly, you know, it's a mid 16th century. So I think the date is, uh, he, he died 1572. Um, anyhow, the, the Rizal's Kabbalah and then 
you know, was developed into a system and, uh, and eventually became uh, the, the platform upon which Kabbalah is more or less, uh, you know, learned today. So, yeah, the, the Arizal's, the Arizal's um, concept, yeah, the Arizal's contribution to the concept of Shabbos is that um, um, the physical, number one, the physical world can't contain the tremendous Gilu uh, of Akosh Baruch um, Hashem Shechina and goodness spreads everywhere, everywhere, according to at least this interpretation of Kabbalah, even into the areas of, uh, you know, of, of, of the dark side. Even there, even there, there's a, a Gilu Shechina of sorts. Uh, we might not be able to see, see it, but that's the famous song, Afilu Ba'astara, you know, even in when Akosh Baruch was camouflaged in the middle of the night and everything is dark and and at Kedai the Shoah, it's dark and you can't see. Even there, Akosh Baruch Hu's Shechina somehow, um, you know, essentially is is uh, is to be found there for those who are able to to see. And sometimes maybe even human beings, you know, can't even can't even see it there. But but man's purpose is to somehow reveal those sparks of light of Akosh uh, Baruch Hu's Shechina, even in you know within impure entities. And so we elevate those divine sparks and restore them to proper Kedusha through Tefillah, Kiyuma, Mitzvot, and Talmud Torah. And so this is some of the themes that are, you know, in general, that's the philosophy of the Arizal. And uh, in this particular Zemer, this is what we're trying to do. You know, we, we, uh, we invite Akosh Baruch to join us and we're trying to annul all those kohot which seek to, to nullify um, Baruch's influence, the Gilu Shechina, you know, in the world. And our desire to connect to Akosh Baruch Hu is expressed by this idea of going into this holy field of apples, the Chakal Tapuchin. Uh, that's where Akosh Baruch's uh, shadow, in a way, you know, exists. Um, and so this is the nature of, uh, of what's happening in this Mirat. Uh, quite a, it's a very deep concept here. Anyway, it's interesting that. Um, the result tells us within this mirror that um, originally, I'm assuming before the sin of Adam and Chava in Ganadin, and maybe in the result's thought, maybe it's even before that, uh, before the creation of the world. But the concept of Shabbos um, was actually such that it was meant to be in the middle of the week. You have you have the you have the week on the so to speak, on the right-hand side and the days of the week on the left-hand side. And Shabbos is supposed to have influence, you know, before it and after it. Um, this is an, a, really, a really interesting concept, but it's brought out here in this, uh, in this particular Zemira. So, uh, again, you know, I don't know if you have it in, in front of you. I apologize. I didn't. I should have uh, scanned it. But, but this is what it, it talks about here, that um, you've got the, f- the few days... Until when? Until Tuesday night? Until Wednesday? Um, on the one side, and then should have been a Shabbos there, and then afterwards um, on the left hand side, um, you should have on the so called end of the week. That's when uh, that, so Shabbos should have been in the in the middle, and somehow influencing you know um, both sides both sides of this of this of the week. Anyway, this is also mentioned in the actual the actual appeal itself in the Zmira in this mirror itself. So uh, anyway, yeah, so this is, uh, th- this is some of the stuff that Darizal talks about, but it's specifically on, on, on Friday night, you know, that, that this is supposed to be. So originally, again, it's supposed to be this jewel, but, you, know, you know, poised between the three days before and the three days after it. That's, that's what the mirror says, Yemina usmala ubainayu kala bekushta azla. You know, there's a there's a there's a bride in the middle of a wedding in the middle of the week, so to speak. Um, so this is this is whatever this means. There's a lot going on here that refers to a unique type of kedusha type dimension of Shabbos that is represented by the feminine force that exists within the Shechina, the Nukva, and uh, and this is celebrated on on uh, you know on, on on Friday night when it comes to when it comes to Shabbos day, so there, there's a, a, a whole different story. There, it's, it's a, a, another poem, and it's supposed to be called 
Azamer Bishvachin, uh, which is the preface of the Friday night, and start, you know, Amazamer uh, Bishvachin is the actual pewit as well. Um, it's interesting when you look at the, the acrostics, when you look at the letter that begins each, each stanza in the Friday night Zemira, starts of Azamer Bishvachin, and then the next one is Nizamein Lahashta. The third one is Yemina Usmala. That's the, what we quoted. It's, it's interesting to try and work out what he wrote there. So the Mephoshim on the, on the Zemira explained that the acrostic of what he wrote says, Ani Yitzchak Luria ben Shlomo. That spells out all those stanzas with one or two doubling ups of the same letter, you know, for the Friday night, uh, the Friday night Zemira. When it comes to Shabbos morning, there the Zemira is, uh, is called, uh, not Azamar Bishvachin, but it starts off the actual stanzas of the, the Zmira called Asade Lusudata Betzafrat de Shabbata. I'll prepare the meal on the morning of Shabbos. And we invite Akosh Baruch Hu to join us in this meal. So there the acrostic spells out something a little, a little different. It just says, Ani Yitzchak Luria. Uh, he composed this, you know, these two songs. And then, of course, there's the Bnei Aichala, which is the one that he, he composed for, uh, you know, for, Shab- for Shabbos to Sudash to Shit. So, so this, is the, this is the idea that, uh, that he, he sort of bringing, he's, the Orachim is bringing out here. And I'm just trying to show you where he got it from and how the Zohar was used by the Arizal. The concept originates in the Zohar. And the, the Zohar, the Arizal makes a huge fuss about this concept of these two dimensions of Kedusha on Shabbos, the Kedusha, which is the feminine side, and the, the Kedusha Shabbos day, which is the, which is the male side. Um, and I, all of this is supposed to be more or less known to us. And Orachim doesn't spell it out completely. He just says, you know, these different influences, the Zuchra and the Nukva, as known to all those who, who know uh, Kabbalah. And on, on the concept Zachor, from the word Zachar, male, this is the Kedusha on, on, Shabbos, on Shabbos during the, during the day. Um, this is what the Zohar says. Ki seudat laila hi seudat chakal tapuchin kadishin. Seudat yom hi seudat atika kadisha avarachamim. Again, each seuda represents one of these dimensions of kedusha of Shabbos: the male side and the female side. You know the the, the cultivation of the kedusha. And uh, and the, the initiation of the kedusha. Ulazei karei kedusha yom blashon chazal kedusha raba. And and now we understand what the Gemara meant in Psachim Dav Kuvav, where the Gemara says that in the words of Chazal, the the the, the kedusha that's recited during the day, you know, is called uh, is called kedusha raba, the the great kedush. Now you might be familiar. Um, if you've, if you've uh, studied this or seen this, in general, there's always a big question. How come the Friday night Kedusha um, is sort of eclipsed by the Shabbos morning Kedusha in, in its title? You've got Kiddush Friday night and Kedusha Rabbah. Wow, amazing. You know, the great Kedush on, on Shabbos day. Now, the natural inclination would be to say that, you know, this is problematic. I mean, in a sense, the real When's real kiddush? We've got a mitzvah, When do you say kiddush? When's the din right of kiddush? Well, we, you know, we should we should simply say that that's that's Shabbos night. I mean, that's when you know that's when um, that's when the kiddush of Shabbos begins, and that's why there's a mitzvah right to say kiddush during the night, not during the day. Kiddush during the day is a, a din rabbanan. So why is kiddush during the day called kiddush rabba? Anyway, so the, the, the Rishonim deal with this issue. Rashi and the Rashbam explain that, you know, um, the minute you have a Borei Priyagafen included in the actual mitzvah, of, in the recital of Kiddush, it's in, both in Kiddush and in Havdalah, all these brochas become brachot chashuvot. And, uh, and therefore, you know, they, they become important, important uh, brachot. Um, the Ran and, and the Maram Chalava, they, they explain that really the, 
phrase, Kiddush Rabbah, I think this is the well, well-known understanding of it, really is a euphemism, uh, implying that it's really the small Kiddush. It's the Kiddush that isn't so um, holy as the, as the original Kiddush that ushered in, in Shabbos. That's, that's, and that's normally the Pshat of the Ran. That's how we sort of understand Kiddush Rabbah is a, is a euphemism. It's not, not nearly as important as, as the Kiddush on, on, on Friday night. But now when you contemplate what the Orachim is bringing in the name of the uh, Rizal and the Zohar, yeah, you start to see that Kabbalah always sort of turns it on its head, you know. Um, and this is the question. The question is, you know, why, why do you need another Kiddush on Shabbos morning when you already have Kiddush on, on Friday night? Um, you, you, can't, you can't have Kiddush twice if you think about it, uh, especially in the writings of the Arizal where you think of Shabbos, Akosh Baruch Am Yisrael, you know, that there's the Chatan Kala getting married and Kiddush is like in the words of the Arizal, the Birkat Eirusin. And that's why we stand up Friday night, Kiddush, we stand up because, you know, you, there's a wedding going on. So you stand up uh, for the Birkat Eirusin. So if this is true, well, you can only get married you can only do kiddushin to to your to your wife once. You can't remarry her the next day. So what are you doing? Uh, um, you know, once you've already been makadei Shabbos and a wedding's taken place, yeah, um, that you do you try and do you try and do it again. So again, the Rishonim point out, Rabbeinu David in Psachim uh, writes that um, the the kiddush in the morning is really a a, a secret. It's a alpi kabbalah. It's a it's a it's a hidden secret, and 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 the Arizal, I think, uncovers yeah a little bit based on the Zohar. You know what what does this mean? So, Rav Soloveitchik talks about this in one of his Yorzeit uh, Shurim, where he uh, he says uh, he says like this. He says that um, Kiddush at the beginning of Shabbos at night is uh, is is a din midoraita. That's the first time we sanctify Shabbos. And you cannot really make a proper Kiddush more than once. So what are we doing during the day? So the Rav claimed that during the day, we are not being Mekadesh Shabbos. But rather what we are doing is we, we are praising, we are declaring that Shabbos has become holy from the nighttime and reaches its climax of Kiddusha during the day. So although the Kiddush during the day is only a Din Drabanan, uh, the Kedusha of the day is at its greatest intensity, you know, at this point. So the actual Kedusha of Shabbos, even though it started Friday night, and that's when you Makadesh, but the, the highest level of Kedusha is to be felt, it is to be felt during, during the day. And therefore, it's, it's, Kabbalah, it's called the Kedusha Rabbah. Taka is a Kedusha Rabbah. It's not the... It's not the, the initiation. It's not the first expression of Kedusha. It's not the actual wedding. But it's like, I guess you can compare yourself to, you know, to, to a real wedding. You can say, so when is the couple that is blessed with Shalom Bayit, you know, you know, when is the, if, if, your, if your marriage is Baruch Hashem Gebenched, so when is the worst day of your marriage? Probably the first one, because every day gets better. So the zenith of your of your of of your marriage is uh, you know I don't know fifty years hence when you're celebrating you know decades of being together in a you know in a state of shalom bite that's like the daytime of your wedding the nighttime of your wedding is like when it actually happened you're still not sure who each other are oh, even though that is a unique time that can never ever be repeated so Friday night is is really being Makadesh Shabbos we actually get married we sanctify Shabbos. And Shabbos Day represents, you know, declaring and expressing the highest level of, of, of Kedusha. And so this, even though it's only a Din Drabanan, but our Pisod, you start to see that they are they really take this phrase, Kedusha Rabbah, and uh, not like the Rishonim who say it's just a euphemism, because really it's, uh, you know, it's, it's shine is eclipsed by Friday night. No, yeah, the, the energy of the, of the Zachor, the energy of the, of the Zuchra of Shabbos, that represents its actual greatest um, greatest expression. That's that's how Rav Soloveitchik tried to explain what was going on over here. So um, you know, this is this is um, yeah. So again, we've got these we've got these 
we've got these two types of two components, two dimensions of uh, you know of of, of Shabbos. So that um, you know that that really, um, but the the idea is is that when a when a person comes to bring in Shabbos Friday night, there Klal Israel get involved um, on an active level by accepting and, and sanctifying Shabbos. When a, when already when on, on Shabbos morning, Akosh Baruch himself is we, we declare the fact that we we had nothing to do with it. Really, Akosh Baruch was Makada Shabbos. Uh, and therefore, it's that Gilu Shechina. Akosh Baruch doesn't wait on like he does on Friday night to an extent for us to participate. He does it on his own, um, and we can just react and say, "Ah, this is really what's happened," and uh, and, and that really is what what happens on uh, on on, Shab- on Shabbos morning. So the big nafkamin and the big chidush of the Chachamah Kabbalah is to see the word kiddush, the phrase kiddush Rabba. Rabba is real. Rabba is actually, you know, it's a it's a heightened level of. Uh, you know of of kedusha, so this is what Arizal does in uh, in in both of these mirot. You know he, he talks to us about these two different energies, and and the uh, Orachim is telling you that uh, you can see here Friday night is is so to speak feminine, and Shabbos morning masculine. And in the way we understand masculine, it's 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 initiation, it's proaction, um, and that therefore is called kedusha kedusha rabba. Okay, so that's just by way of introduction to, you know, the Orochayim still hasn't yet given us his pshat, yeah, as what's that all about. But but this is something that we need to understand. He's, he's, he's telling us, understand this principle. And from this principle, you'll see something quite amazing. So he continues. I haven't had a chance to fully um, flesh this out, um, but but I'll, you know, just what I've, I've read here, um, we'll, we'll look at it to try and get some more color into this whole story. But look what he writes here. Shamati Gamraiti Katuv Maise Shebimei Rabbi Avram Ibn Ezra. I've heard Satorachim and I've, I've seen in writing a story that happened in the days of the of the Ibn Ezra. What happened? There was some major controversy, but you know, let's let's call it between Rabonim. So there was a, I don't know, call him a reform rabbi in potential. I don't know if it's true, but somebody who was about about to Paskana Aloha, which was not which was Kenegadadin. There was a fellow, Ahmad Toe Echad. There was some person who had made a grave mistake. The, the Katavarayot, who and he wrote as a kind of a Ashkafek uh, Psak, if you can call it that. Yom Shabbat Yakdim Bohayom. So he was about to write this whole book, publish this piece of Torah where he would instruct people to keep Shabbos in such a way that the day would precede the night. That, that, was, the, that was this kind of psak that was going to be. Now, in those days, uh, you know, today you can, I guess, you know, get on the internet and, 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 and tweet a response. But, but in those days, a person publishes something. Who knows how long it takes until you find the mistake. It's written in Loshana Kodesh with proper proofs. You know, you can you can you can take a whole bunch of people down with you, with these fancy chidushim, uh, which are all wrong. Um, anyhow, this is the havamina that this person had, that that you should keep the day of Shabbos first. You know, before uh, before you know, and Shabbos day should precede uh, Shabbos Shabbos night. Um, now you you'd wanna you'd wanna understand why is this so. Why do you think that this is 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 true? So I don't know. I don't know um, if you remember. Um, I'm gonna just share it with you. Can you see this? Uh, can you see this article I'm trying to share with you? Um, you can see it. No, just Orachim. Oh, just Orachim. All right, look. I'll quickly say that. Anyway, we we mentioned this. A while back, I saw this chidush in the writings of Yaakov Kamenetsky. Um, and, and the question was to try and understand how Am Yisrael made such a mistake by the Egel Azahar. Right? What, what kind of a, a business is it that they, that they couldn't work out the 40 days properly? How, how hard is it, you know, to, uh, you know, to, 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 to count 40 days? Moshe Rabbeinu told you, I'm going, I'm going 40 days, you know, up, up the mountain. And so... Um, 
we set out this whole chiddush that uh, a number of people bring down. It's in the Malbim as well. But I saw it, uh, as I say, in Ryakov Kamenetsky's writings. Um, and and this is this is the way we he, he explains to us, you know, the mistake. What, what happened over there? And so this is the this is the principle. When when uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up the mountain, when when does he go? When does he go up? So yeah, we understand Moshe Rabbeinu goes up when it's daytime. So he ascends the the mountain and he tells all of Kali Israel he's going to come back after forty days. Now, if he goes up in the day, what do you count that that as? I mean, we know that that the day halachic day starts at night. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't go up at night. He went during the day. So. He goes up halfway through a day, halfway through a lachik day, during the daylight hours, and he told Kal Israel he's going to be back after 40 days. So what do you do over the actual day upon which he ascended, you know, the, the mountain? Was that included in the 40, you know, since it was, uh, you know, um, or, or, it's, or it's discounted from the, from the 40? I mean, it's already morning, right? So it's not a full day. So when he says, I'm going to go 40 days, does he mean 40 full days? Or he means that you should include this one as well. So th this all of a sudden became the Balagan. Right? Amishal understood that the, you know, that, okay, he, he went up in the middle of the day. So they counted the day he went up as the first day. And that, and, and which resulted in them reaching the number 40 a day before Moshe Rabbeinu's expected return. So when he didn't return as expected, you know, they saw this as a siman that he wouldn't be coming back at all. Now, once we see that this was their, was their mistake, Moshe Rabbeinu said, count 40, it's in the middle of the day, but it's, it's a day. You know, uh, maybe we, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, don't you know, mix up a yonka kulo, you know what I mean? Now, th this is how, this is the mistake. Okay, so now you've got to ask yourself as follows, you know, uh, how, how do you how do you make you know why wouldn't he tell them why wouldn't Moshe Rabbeinu clarify you know um, this this mistake he would say okay and count from now this is number one you know so why why did Am Yisrael count the first day and why did Moshe Rabbeinu discount the first day so yeah we see it we 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 uh, we are taught as follows the chiddush is that this concept of counting halachic days, as we do today, where the day starts at night time. When did this chidush take place? So there are Balei Machshava, the Mephoshim, who say that this was a chidush at Sinai. Prior to prior, prior to Mamar Sinai, the day began taka in the morning and ended at daybreak, you know, the following morning. That was how it was from the very beginning. The idea of the day beginning with night, this was a chidush of Matan Torah. And therefore, we would say, okay, if this theory is true, we would say that, well, of course, Am Yisrael are going to then count as they've been counting for a thousand years, maybe two thousand years, two and a half thousand years, that, that, that they were counting that day start at daybreak. And that's why they were counting from you know, from, and that's why they were counting from, from that day. So um, that's how they were, that's how they configured the days all the time for two and a half thousand years, more or less, until Matan Torah. So, so the question is, after Matan Torah, Akush Baruch Hu gave Torah, um, somehow Akush Baruch Hu gave a chidush that we must reconfigure the days and we have to start counting at night. So now you ask yourself, okay, so what, what is the Chiddush over here? What's the difference whether, you, whether the day starts in the evening or in the morning? So it's interesting that, uh, that uh, I once heard in a shir by Rav, uh, Rav Isaac Bernstein, Zatzal, he quoted a, I don't know this uh, say farewell, but he quoted a Rav, Rav Yosef Nehemia Kornitzer, um, and I've subsequently seen it in, I heard it a number of times from him in the, in the various shirim that I, that I listened to. Um, and he, he, quotes, he quotes this approach to understanding, you know, why it is 
that this, uh, what, what's, the, what's the story over here? So he says like this, he says, the, the, the way we view the day is essentially an expression of the way we view life itself. So if we, if we look at life as the focus on the physical existence, so life begins in the morning and ends at night. And, and, and that's the way that a human being's life cycle goes too. During one's youth, one is full of energy and drive. You're blessed with uh, good health, etc. You can do anything you want to do. And then as you get older, you know, all of a sudden your koyach diminishes and uh, everything, and all your faculties begin to wane. And uh, the, the, later year, the later years represent uh, diminution, a contraction. Uh, you know, you, you, you are able to benefit less and less and less from, from Olam Azeh. Now, in, in spiritual terms, it's just the opposite. When you're young, full of energy, but yeah, but you're immature and you don't really have chokhmah. You know, you only get chokhmah from life's experience. So basically, spiritually, you're really in, you know, when you're young, you, you, you actually have in nighttime, you're in darkness. And as you get older and older and older, the more experience you have, the more enlightened you become. This is the process of spiritual intellectual uh, development. And that brings one to a state of, of spiritual light. So the question of when we start the day, therefore, is a question of which aspect of life we consider to be primary. So before Torah was given at Sinai, the emphasis was on physical existence. And therefore, the day began in the morning. With the giving of Torah, the, the day now begins at night, you know, because it, it indicates that the, the critical emphasis of what life is all about has now shifted from the physical to the spiritual, uh, uh, you know, and this is the this is the chidush he sees in this new din of the day beginning beginning at night. And so, here's something interesting: Am Yisrael descended into spiritual chaos and fashioned as Egel Azahav. Why, why was that? So ultimately, um, Am Yisrael were exposed to Avodah Zorah in Mitzrayim. And this is the kind of culture in which they grew up. And the Midrash tells us they weren't able to resist this, uh, you know, the, these, uh, these Egyptian forms of modes of, of, of worship. And therefore, when Kalishal came out of Egypt, they were taken out of Egypt. Of course, it wasn't just the physical redemption that was important. It is important. But the spiritual redemption was really the ultimate goal. And so, for, and so therefore, um, the making of the Egel was really an expression of the fact that Klal Yisrael intuitively hadn't actually left Egypt. From a location, physical point of view, they left Egypt. But from a Ruchnistika point of view, uh, the, the poison of Mitzrayim was still, was still manifest. So in terms of our discussion here, we could say that Klal Yisrael, their days were still beginning in the morning with all that that represents. So part of the misunderstanding of Am Yisrael in miscalculating the days Moshe was on the, on, on, on the mountain was a product of their not being prepared, you know, to fully uh, become Balei Tshuva through the process of, of Mamada Sinai. So on paper, it was an honest mistake, but there's a kind of a Freudian slip over here. It really is demonstrating what's on the inside. And, and, and that, you know, and, and therefore, what, what, what had to happen was, the question was, was Svirat Omer working? Was the transition from physical and spiritual slaves transitioning properly to Mamar Ar-Sinai and, and everything that, that the Svira was, uh, was, was meant to, you know, represent? Well, this was the major issue. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to see. Moshe Rabbeinu had to set up some sort of a test. He had to work, you know, were, were Am Israel now deep down intuitively becoming Balei Tshuva or not? Um, and, uh, and, 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 this is, and this was what was happening. If Klal Israel were really using the sphere properly and the transition was starting to crystallize then to, be, to become Balei Tshuva and leave all of our Vodazora behind, then they would have intuited um, that... They made a mistake in the calculation. Moshe Bain is not down. 
and um, and, and 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 I would have realized that ah, the 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 chiddush din over here is that we start we should start counting at night time. So so uh, it was an error for sure that they made, but what it represented was an inability, or they hadn't yet reached the madrega, um, you know that. Uh, that, that 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 they were meant they were meant to leave, and so you know we asked the question before, you know why did Noshe Rabbeinu not tell them what he was doing? Well, if he told them what he was doing, it wouldn't have been a, a litmus test. They wouldn't have been able to to you know it wouldn't be a yardstick as to where they were going. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't tell them. Okay, so pretend to be spiritual. He, they had to they had to intuit it by themselves. That that. This is the chidush that Yosef Nehemiah Kornitzer works with. Now, if using this particular principle, we, we maybe, I don't know, as I said, I haven't yet found, I haven't found the safer yet, even though it's, uh, it's, it's, it's written out here in the notes on the Orochaim. Um, I haven't found the safer yet, I haven't had time to find it. Um, so I need to find out what was going on there. But either way, if someone's trying to work out why are there people who are saying that that they are that the halachic day should begin daytime and end nighttime? Is because there was a svara like this. There was a svara like this, and maybe this rov, whoever it was, was making a major, uh, you know, making a, making a problem. Yeah, he was he was he was becoming mistaken whether it was I don't know if he mamish thought like this and he he thought Mustara was wrong. I mean, it's a little difficult to understand how he thought it was all wrong, but nevertheless. Lest this guy, um, uh, you know, the, what, what was happening over here was that this guy was going to publish this safer and, and take a whole bunch of Kalisol with him to rewrite how Shabbos was meant to be kept. So the Orochaim writes about the story. This whole story about this, I don't know, call him the Reform Rabbi, became revealed to the Ibn Ezra, Al Yad Nais. I don't, know, I don't know what that means. Akosh Baruch Hu allowed him to dream that there's a rov that he doesn't even know somewhere who's posing a huge danger and threat to Torah Shabbat and to Klal Israel out there. He's going to publish this book, this treatise. Anyway, as a result of the fact that, I don't know, there was a dream. So I don't know what the nice is exactly. He just says, yeah, uh, but as a result of becoming now well-informed, about what was about to be published, the Satar Mu'atzotav. So Ibn Ezra went out on a limb and he, he counted, I don't know what he did exactly, he spoke, he wrote, he, you know, and he, uh, he he's basically stopped the publication of this, uh, of the nonsense that was going to come out. And um, this is, this is, uh, this is what apparently is written um, in his, in his book called Igeret HaShabbat. Uh, he wrote the story. So the Ebenezer is writing the story that happened to him. Uh, you know, he went out against this person. Sorry, and 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 he says, now comes the Kiddush of the whole shoe that I'm trying to get to over here with all this background. And and in order to in order to in order to neutralize such a such a wild, incorrect havamina that Shabbos should start during the day and then be followed by night, says the Orachaim. And in order to go against this crazy Avamina, you can actually find it embedded in the words of the Pasuk. And this is the, the unique Hiddush of the Rechaim, how to interpret the opening of the Parsha. You know, what, what, what does he do? How does he interpret it? So he says, the Pasuk writes, you shall, you shall fear your parents. Um, and keep my keep my Shabbatot. So look what he does. It's unbelievable. He says, the Pasuk says, in the Pasuk, it says that you must, you know, you must revere your mother before it says revere your father. And in that format, and, and the and the so-called formula of in the expression of revering your parents, the female, the mother, is given priority over priority or first is mentioned first over the father. 
And then that is compared to the mitzvah of Shabbos. Says the Orachayim, what does it mean? He says, why does it say Ma Shabbatot? Because Shabbos actually has two components. It has Shem Laila V'yom. Shabbos has two components. Laila V'yom. I.e. Aim V'av. And when the Pasuk says, Ish Imo V'aviv Tirau, it's not talking about Kibura V'aim. It's talking about Shabbos. Lomar Shegam Bahem Yakdim Bechinata Aim Shehi Laila Libchinata Av Shehu Ayom Shekaseder Horim Kach Seder Shabbatot Maili Shabta V'Shabta V'Lod Kedata Toim And His Keret You see how he's like what he's done to this Pasuk over here when the Pasuk comes along and says Ish Imov Aviv Tirau it's talking about Shabbos it's not talking about parents but just like when we talk about parents there, there is a there is a seder, an order, the way the Torah communicates to us. Yeah, it's telling you regarding that Shabbos, the same thing. The mother of Shabbos must precede the father of Shabbos. The Laila must precede the Yom of Shabbos. And that's how you have a, uh, a proper Kedusha Dika Shabbos. That's how, that's how uh, he interprets, you know, this, um, you know, this, this particular story. So uh, anyway, it's, it's a big Kedush. But but you see all the stuff that comes out of it is quite amazing. All the all the beautiful, you know, apples from the tree are, are falling in front of us, because in order to understand what's going on in this little little piece of the Orachim, you have to know Kabbalah, what they see in the in the world in the world of uh, in in the world of Shabbos. So uh, okay, are there any questions to make it more clear? I hope it's clear enough for you to appreciate and say it over. But that's the Kiddush of the Orachayim that you can uh, that you can look through again on Shabbos and then try and see if you can feel it in the actual Zmirot of the Arizal, you know, bringing this whole piece alive. And if I if I have a chance, I'll try and find the actual original text of the, you know, of uh, of the Ibn Ezra, and in the you know in the Arizal Shulchan Aruch it's there as well, according to some of the footnotes here. So I have to look there just to see if they give us more information about. Uh, about the actual nace that took place. You know, there's some meat m- missing in the story over here. But uh, it's a good story anyway, but it's interesting. And then I was just trying to work out why would somebody have such a havamina to have the day precede the night? And then I was just drawing on this other chidush that maybe that's what it meant, you know, that, that that's how Khalid Shaltaka, you know, um, may have kept the first Shabbos. The first few Shabbatot, if they got... If Shabbos was communicated to them already in Mitzrayim, how did they keep Shabbos in Mitzrayim? According to this theory, you know, from the time that Moshe Rabbeinu introduced Shabbos to them, they would have made Kiddusha Rabbah first. It would have been the daytime Shabbos and then the nighttime. And it was only the Kiddush of Matan Torah that, that, that sort of flipped the halachic concept of the day beginning during the day instead of, uh, you know, to become the way we have it. And that is the day, halachic day begins begins at night. That may be that Havamina and what it all represents in terms of what how you see life, the priority, the fact that Torah came down to to, to earth from Shamayim now uh, was supposed to influence how people see their lives and you know governed by uh, by, by Torah. So if one really feels the so-called um, you know governance of Torah and one's personality, one would intuitively, if you were living in the days of the Midbar, you could have been expected to understand intuitively that you should change and start the kedusha of, of each day or the nature of each day. Halachic day would start uh, would start at night. Um, either way, the Ebenezer thwarts the, the attempt at, at, at trying this guy trying to you know scramble up Shabbos, and uh, and 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 now after the whole story happened, the Orachim sort of sees uh, he sees a chiddush here that in the so-called deeper dimensions of of interpretation of drush of Torah. That the way that the way that Akush Baruch was communicating how Shabbos should be kept, he communicated that there's the aim of Shabbos and the av of Shabbos, and that's the real order of Shabbos. Um, and uh, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be non-compliant, and that's what it means. That's his chiddush. Okay. you. That's amazing. Lots. Lots to, to digest. Yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge. 
uh, you know, we, we've, I think we spoke about it once in other shurim. You know, we all have the minag of, of how we cut the chalas on Friday night. And yeah. you know, all these, all those minhagim are really, you know, they, re, they really are all part of this whole massive discussion of the Kabbalistic understanding of the dimensions of the Kedusha of Shabbos. You know, so Friday night, so to speak, on the bottom is the Kedusha of, uh, the, Kedusha of the Kala and, and the Chosen on the top on Shabbos morning. It's, you know, the one thing I still have to clear up is that, you know, we've said that Friday night is, uh, you know, is a kind of, when, when we say Zachor, Jumash Shabbat, the Kaddish Shor, Friday night, Friday night, what do we say? We say, we don't say Zachor, right? We go, we say Zachor Shabbos morning. Morning. Shabbos morning, yeah. So that works. That's Zachor, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, so all of that is really, it's really part and parcel of this, uh, of this particular Kabbalistic approach to the nature of the Kedusha of Shabbos. Right, and Friday night we say Vishamru in Israel. That's right, Vishamru. Uh, no, Vishamru is in the morning. Yeah, we have to actually... Uh, You're a chronic, you don't say it on Friday night. <laughs> No, we say that. Uh, uh, you, you mean you sing it in the Shmona Yes, right? Yeah, no. Before the Chatsi Kaddish. Yes, before the Chatsi Kaddish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, like a, a lot of uh, interesting descriptions over here of, uh, you know, Kabbalistic concepts, but it adds a whole new dimension to this, uh, to this Pasuk over here. Square, square. That's a... Yeah. Enjoy when I first saw this, um, I saw in a, a particular commentary that brings the story. So the person, you know, you know, Rabbi Munk, Eli Munk, you know, the famous Eliyahu Munk. Yeah. So he, he, he writes up the story. So um, when, I, when I was, when I just got back tonight, uh, you know, and I, and I, so in Israel, I only just had the regular, I had the regular Mikrot Kudalot. I was reading it in the Hebrew. So I just wanted to see maybe Eliyahu Munk in his English translation brings the story and gives us a bit more of the stuff that, you know, the fancy bit of the story, but he doesn't. But he, but, but it's interesting that I found in his safer, he says that when he, when he translates this story, he translates it as Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar Nazaria, the, the, the abbreviation, Rabbi Raish Aleph, Rabbi Lazar Bet Ayin Ben Azaria. And I'm looking in the, I'm looking, I'm saying, what is this? Is that Rabbi Nazaria? I look in the Mikrot Kedolot, the one that I shared with you. You see, it's got the Avram ibn, ibn Ezra. You know, Avram ben Ezra. It's the same abbreviation. So I don't even know who's right over here. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? It looks like that the, I mean, it looks like the, the, the printing. You understand what I'm saying? I don't even know who the person is. But uh, but I, I have to check it up. It could be a Tana who's writing the story. Or it could be a Rishon and the Ibn Ezra. I, don't, I have to clarify that point as well. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, I was just I was just thinking on your question about where Zeicher in, in the Kiddush on Friday night. I mean, we've got two Zeichers. We've got Masav Veshit and, and Yetziat Mitzrayim, but it's not, it's not, yeah, and that, that connected to the Shabbos, right? Yeah. There's a, uh, the truth is that... So I mean, yeah. So that yeah, you know, it's interesting to work out how. So there's, there's, I would say like this: when you say Kiddush Friday night, you you can use the word Zachor Liskor to mention the type of kedusha that Shabbos is, which is the Kala. And then during the day, there's an union of Zachor to mention the kedusha Rabbasat. So Zachor could go both, even though you, like in the words of the of, of the Orachim or or the Arizal. The word Zachor and Zachar are very closely related. So sometimes the word Zachor will be emphasizing the middle of, of Zachrut. And sometimes it'll be, you know, a way of saying, mention also the other middle too. So I think there's a way of doing that as well. You know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, this, this oh. last, the, the last point I'll, I'll make mention of is that it it was um I was trying to I was trying to understand the following, and that is that when you look in the when you look in the Siddur of the Gra, 
um, on, on, a, on a Wednesday, when you say Shir Shel Yom, you say, you know, Kalm Nakamot Hashem, Kalm Nakamot Ufiyah, right? That, that's Mira, the big one on, on Wednesday. How do, you, how do you end it off? How do you end off Wednesday, Shir Shel Yom? The end of Lechun Ranana. You see what I'm you see what I'm driving at, yeah. <laughs> what what what's Lachuna Ranana? If you look if you look up at the in Tehillim, if you look up Tehillim, you know, on, on the Wednesday, the actual Perik in Tehillim doesn't have Lachuna Ranana. That's from another, that's from Kabbalah Shabbat. That's from Friday night. That's not for anything. But it could be that Shabbos is already starting on Wednesday. Uh, so therefore, you know, you say Lachuna Ranana to say, ah, the Shabbos is coming already. You understand, like what we were saying, Larissa was saying that Shabbos should have been in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the middle of the week. So, so the, the grad doesn't have it. So, in, in the center of the grad, just, just you know, it just ends off Yatsmi time kind of thing. It's like uh, there's no Luchun Ranana there, and that's what got me looking to. I wonder why. What what is the issue of you know? I wonder what is happening over there. Maybe to understand why Luchun Ranana was was all of a sudden stapled. Onto onto Wednesday, Shushal Yom. Why was that? Maybe it has something to do with this as well. That it's kind of like a, you know, uh, an expectation now that the Ruach of Shabbos should already start to permeate our, you know, our existence and give us a certain kind of anticipation of of the kedusha, the simcha, or whatever comes with the oneg that comes with that comes with Shabbos. And 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 there were those who weren't so either keen or wanted to mix it up into the siddur, you know, and therefore, therefore maybe there's a machloket in Nusach over here. Had to appreciate what's going on in that Shushal Yom. Mm. You know, that's the that's another little point to sort of you know to try and see if we can work out further. Have to look a little bit further to see what that's all about. All right, right. boys. Square, square. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, uh, take care, man. Travis. Yes. Bye. Bye.